Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome to the Five Yard RVP pod with me, Nate Davis. Evening, Brent. How's the, uh, how's the week, weekend been? Week been? And your fantasy week four been? Well, the weekend was good fun because um, we had a, a night out Saturday with some of the boys that we hadn't seen for a while. So uh, us, um, I've just about got over that. I don't know about you. No, but, still struggling. Um, still lost yeah. the wallet. Yeah, we, we won't be. Um, oh yeah, um, yeah, we won't be doing any of Liam's cocktails tonight. We had a <laughs> we had more than a couple on Saturday night, I think. So uh, uh, yeah, it was a good laugh though. Um, yeah, fantasy wise, um, okay. Um, I had a, a win in our Ray Lewis league, so I've gone two and two this week in that. Got a shout out in the our Lawrence Taylor league, so um, I'm down to drop to one and three in that. Uh, although, voice say the Lucon had another monster week for me, racking up 25 points. So he's, uh, yeah, he's he's one everyone wants to be looking at. But I think we'll struggle to find him on the waivers now. And not IDP relevant, but did you look at our, our score in the high ma- highs mania league? Yeah, we it was tight, wasn't it? I just I yeah. know it was stupidly tight. Did I yeah. win? Eight, I had yeah, eighty. Uh, what do you have? Eighty six point six six beat my eighty five point six eight. You got you got to watch the adjustments, mine on sleeper. That goes for everybody. 
Be careful oh, with the adjustments. Yeah, but, uh, if it stays like if stays like that. That's a bit sickening. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather be blown out by and lose. Well, lose I haven't had. Less I've a had point. a right mixed bag this week. Real, real weird. So yeah, I, I, I didn't do well. I lost in our home league. I lost in the Lawrence Taylor league. I won in the Ray Lewis league. Right old mixed bag. Not particularly good. All right, just yeah, well, but, just a bit but up. a bit like week four generally. I mean, that was. Uh, random, so, wasn't it? A lot of our predictions went straight out, the, <laughs> straight out of the window. Like, we had an, we had an awful time. Oh dear, I think we should stop predicting things. But yeah, mind you, I don't think anyone would have seen week four going. Some of those results were just no, players. We done well again. We done well. It's just I think the so, prediction yeah. and the scores. But anyway, right before we go much further, I need to mention our sponsors. So. Our sponsors are Manscaped. They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They have now released the Lawnmower 4.0, which you can see on your screen, which is a fantastic bit of kit. Uh, the great thing about this is the skin-safe technology, so you get no bit, no nicks on your bits. Um, you can get 20% off at manscaped.com or manscaped.co.uk with the with the code five yard that's the code five yard we'll put that across the bottom of the screen shortly and if you haven't invested in one of these um you really must um it's a game changer in that area um it comes also with free worldwide shipping so there we go right so on to week five week five already where's it going it's, it's absolutely flying at the moment i know it's gonna be thanksgiving so <laughs> yeah um... Oh, before we go any further, I just want to touch on something. Um, one of our good friends who we happened to be out with on um, Saturday night, who, uh, who decided to dive into our um, our video stream of the podcast, was kind enough to sort of comment on the fact that whilst Nath was recording from what appeared to be a, a sort of nicely, brightly lit studio or office setting, I seem to be sort of holed up in something resembling a 1970s drug den. So... Um, <laughs> In my defence, it's and Nathan vouch for this. It's probably the only room, well, part of the kitchen that we haven't actually sort of decorated yet. So it is a bit. The lighting isn't the best. So you'll see. I have actually moved to one of the nicer rooms in the house. So uh, hopefully that will keep Paul quiet for a couple of weeks at least before we find something else to moan about. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but there you go, Paul. I, I hope you're happy. So yeah. anyway, right, so that's enough, that's enough before, about we, before we dive into the uh, week five games i like i did last week i want to do a kind of top tip a, t- a tip for the week put it that way so my tip for this week is about your roster setup and um trying to secure a decent floor on your scoring i've looked at various different people's lineups and they're in various leagues that we're in and there's so many that are a little bit for my liking look it might work for you week it the odd week but they're a bit too boom or bust that's what I would call them so just when you look at constructing a lineup or putting your team together what I try to do again this is this might not be for everybody but this is the way I try to do it um I try to get a decent flooring and it will seem quite basic for for a lot of you but it it may help in giving you the best chance of winning I look at tackles like most people do for setting a floor um as as you can work you can you can work on these look at these 
and find out who is a consistent tackler quite easily by just looking on ESPN or wherever you get your stats from, even on even on Sleeper, it will tell you who's consistently tackling well week in, week out. So let's say, for example, you have your roster sizes, two DLs, two linebackers, two DBs and two flex spots, right? I'd be looking at uh, probably at least four of them to have a decent floor. So these are players that decent that have a decent tackle floor, right? So they cement you week in, week out. That's what you're that's what you're looking at. So consistent tackles, I would be looking at both linebackers and potentially both DBs out of those starting spots that would have decent tackle floors week in, week out. So you could lock those players in that have got those. And then I'd be looking at the big plays. So sacks, interceptions for the DLs and both both flex plays for me. That's how I that's how I try and construct it. So I can have a bit more of a gamble at DL and flex. That's 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 me. Some people might might swap that from DL to DB, but I find it easier to get more of a safe floor tackling on DB, especially corners. If you use IDP plus scoring, you know you you those consistent tackles are are pretty much there to pick up quite quite you can find out who those players are quite consistently quite easily um so yeah and then i would use like i said i use those those flex play positions or dl especially this year with a sack count like it is i like to use the dls as you know have a gamble who's got a good matchup and we'll go into that as as we as we say so you know you're going to be looking at at the moment players that are playing against rookie quarterbacks is pretty much that simple at this moment in time because that's where the sacks are um or ryan Tannehill, but i'll get to ryan Tannehill in a minute um right let's go let's go and kick these these week's games off let's get on with it then and bren you're kicking us off aren't you with thursday night football tonight which is the rams at seahawks yeah, another big divisional um, matchup in the in the West, definitely. So, uh, so yeah, um, looking at the Rams um, as a away team initially. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, big loss to the Cardinals on um, on Sunday. So, and the Cards' game plan, to be fair, was they had it spot on. I think um, they shut down. I think what was happening with Stafford, as a lot of the, the pundits have said, he, he just seemed to be looking for Cooper Cup all afternoon. And um, or all evening, and it, they they cottoned onto that straight away. So they shut cap, uh, Cooper Cut down. They also forced a Stafford pick and a, a Sony Michelle fumble. So um, I don't think there's any need to panic from the Rams' point of view. You know they're still three and one, but the defense is going to have to be better against another divisional rival because um, this this division you know is in it's, it's still very much in the mix. Aaron Donald was non-existent. Um, you know just the four assisted tackles. Just had one of those games where you just couldn't influence things, I think. Um, the top performers from week four, um, Leonard Floyd's, um, another one of those linebackers, you know, touching on what you were talking about, you know, setting your floor. Another linebacker you can play at DL had 17 and a half points. Um, he's been consistent in the last three weeks. He's a he's a solid pick for me. Sebastian Joseph Day um, in the D-line, you know, had a, had a decent day of it, uh, 21 and a half points, including a sack. <clears throat> My only... My only concern with him is he seems to flip-flop. At the moment, he's having good week, very quiet week. So he's one of those that, you, yeah, I mean, you know, he is on the waivers. Um, but I think I just want to see a little bit more consistency from him. Uh, secondary, Taylor Rapp and, and Jordan Fuller um, did okay. Lots of tackles. But again, ultimately, as far as the Rams D went, this was one of those weeks where 
there were lots of tackles, but no no sort of big plays to to really sort of affect the game. Seahawks, it's another one we got wrong. Um, um, <laughs> one at the Niners, a uh, bit close to this one, 28-21. Uh, big divisional road win. As we said last week, Seahawks needed this win probably a lot more than maybe the Niners did. It's kept, as I say, kept the West interesting. Um they had quite a bit of help from the Niners, to be fair. Uh, special teams, I mean, it was just a litany of issues from the Niners. Um, you know, the gold injury, missed kicks, muffed punt. Um, but as I say, they needed the win to stay in the hunt, so they're not going to complain. Jordan Brooks, linebacker, racked up 22 points, including a sack and a tackle for the loss. Quandre Diggs um, had a good game as well, uh, not far behind him, 21.5 points, including the pick. Again, someone I found on the waiver wire. Um, he's looking useful in that Seattle DB. Uh, secondary. Uh, Bobby Wagner, solid, you know, another 15 and a half points. Um, Jamal Adams is one I've, I've been looking at. Uh, I've been going back a little bit now. We're approaching week five, going back over some of the numbers for the first sort of three or four weeks. Um, he had a decent week three against the Vikings, but apart from that, he's, he's flattered to deceive a bit. He's been a bit disappointing for me. I, I want to see a bit more from him. Uh, this game, I don't know. I, I think both secondaries are in play. Uh, based on the two QBs, just the way they played, you know, as much on in the week four performances. I think the Rams defense will be better, um, but I don't think for me against the Seahawks, not enough to gamble on anyone outside the usual suspects. I actually fancy Seattle, to be honest. Um, you know, Brooks and Wagner at, at linebacker are looking good. Uh, look at Quandre Diggs if he's available. Um, as I say, I have found him on waivers. Yeah, Seattle, I think, will just watch that week four game tape and may try and replicate what the cards did. You know, obviously, the Rams are still missing acres. Henderson's been good, but he's still coming back from a, a minor injury. Um, and if they can shut Cooper Cup down and force Stafford out of his comfort zone to look at, you know, other route runners, then um, I think, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle carry on. They'll be, you know, they'll be flying a bit after that. Okay, they had some help from the Niners, but. You know, a divisional win's a divisional win, and I think they'll be looking to go again. I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way, but I think based on the week four performances, this Seattle defense, which has been a little bit hit and miss the first couple of weeks, um, yeah, I think it's it's starting to come together a bit now. Um, yep. Any thoughts? What well, I've picked, I've picked the Rams to win it, but it's back straight away. I think, like like you touched on, it was quite obvious that he was trying to get to Cooper Cup. Now they'll change that. <laughs> Or, or they'll find a way or whatever. That's how I, I see it. I don't see the Seahawks secondary being particularly good. Mind you, I don't I don't particularly rate the Arizona secondary and they've done a job. So it's a tough one. But yeah, I'm saying Rams bounce back, probably just mainly to go the other side of the fence. But right, on to this Sunday early game, which is the Jets at Falcons in London. And I'm going. Yeah, you're doing yeah. it. Getting live commentary from you on Sunday, aren't we? Jesus. Before, I don't know what state that. I don't know what state that would be. God. <laughs> Get progressively God, worse. God help us. Um, but I'm re- I am obviously I'm really looking forward to it because I'm off to London to watch it with my mate Andy, who's a big Falcons fan. Anybody that is going, we we will no doubt be in the Admiralty in Traf- Trafalgar Square on sun- on Saturday night. So partners for a beer. I'll probably be wearing a this top. So anyway. But anyway, as for the game itself. Let's have a look. I don't. I didn't expect both of these teams to do as well as they did in Week Four. It's a fantastic win for the Jets, and it was it was largely down to their uh, defensive performance. Quincy Williams, the the lesser known Williams brother, 
had an absolute monster day uh, against the Titans. He had 12 tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a sack, and a pass defended. He's had 23 tackles over the last three games. Is somebody to seriously keep an eye on? He's slipped, did sleep, definitely slipped under my radar. But obviously, he's now, that was a big week, and I think everybody's going to be quite well aware of him. The Jets D was, it was excellent as a unit. My man, CJ Mosley, he's coming good. I knew it. He's coming. Um, man again. Yeah, he posted up his best numbers of the season, racking 13 tackles, a sack and a tackle for a loss. The other brother, interior lineman, Quinn and Williams, he was he was an issue for the Titans all, all, all day. It was a right old mess. He got two sacks and along with John, John Franklin Myers, they kept getting to Tannehill. Will this happen against the Falcons? I don't think in that kind of level it will, but I think there's still a chance for a, for a for a sack or two there, definitely. Um, so the Jets' pass rush for me is is in play. And along with this, the secondary, in the secondary, Bryce Hall, he's starting to look the real deal. I'm really starting to rate this kid. Um, he was excellent against the, the Titans. And he's he's on my list for one of the picks of the week. Um, and some somebody who's likely to be on, be on the wire. Are the names who scored well? Bryce Huff, um, Javalin, Guidry, who else was there? I mean, yeah. Pretty much all the t- all the Jets D had a blinder. Um, so just you just remember though, if you are going to pick up Jets players, they have got a bye week in week six. So keep one eye on that. The Falcons like the Jets. They had a a, a real cracking. It was a cracking contest against uh, Washington in week four, and they narrowly narrowly lost mainly due to that blown coverage that allowed JD McKissick to score towards the end. Defensive. Defensively, though, it's a mixed performance by the Falcons. They, they had quite a few opportunities to to turn the ball over, and they didn't take them. I I feel they've got a real gap in the secondary, and they are they are desperate for a decent safety. Two two ideally points wise, defensively, you mentioned him earlier. Foisade Alukun was fantastic. Twelve tackles, sack. Also, Dion Jones also kept up his tackle consistency. And up front, Dr. Fowler, he brought some pressure on Taylor Heineke. However, it wasn't enough. Um, yeah, Zach Wilson looked good. So, yeah, I, I feel I feel it might kick on. I really do. I think it was a good day for the Jets and a good day for Zach Wilson. I, I think it's going to be a cracking game. I know, I know the problem is with London games, it can all just, yeah, sometimes... They haven't fulfilled expectation, have they? I, but I'm going Jets. What about you? What are you, Brian? What do you reckon? I, I'm inclined to agree. Um, if I think a lot of it hinges on Wilson. Um, if he can keep his head, he's starting to show. He's he's growing into it a bit. He's, I mean, there's still some errors. I think you're right. I, th- I think the we've we've touched on the Falcons numerous times, and you know fairly early in the season and you look outside of maybe one or two in that D line and that th- that linebacker core is is solid we like it but it's when you get further back and you think if Wilson can keep it together and, and find the holes in that secondary then I, yeah I, I fancy him to to do some damage I mean you've got some some somewhat forgotten players uh, for the Jets like you know Crowder had a, a, a good game and you know Wilson seemed to find him fairly consistently um yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. Um, it's important Crowder coming back as well. I think I expect yeah. 
the guys that do the offense will mention that because it just takes the pressure off Corey Davis a little bit from being the only man there. Mind you, having said that, I mean, Cordell Patterson had a, had a game of it. So, it's, I mean, I, we, were, we were on and off the phone sort of watching it on Sunday going, again? You know, it's just the former punt return or kick return. Former punt returner who's now play. listed as their top running back is also now yeah. their red zone wide receiver target. I well, mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. Sometimes, I, sometimes they pan out, like we said before. They, sometimes they start him at quarterback. Or, start him at yeah. quarterback. Let's have a go. Sure, Ryan will be thrilled about that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd side with the Jets. Just, I think, yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on to the early afternoon games. Um, Patriots at the Texans. Um, so, yeah, all the hype's over. Um, Brady's gone back to Foxborough and um, yeah, the Patriots narrow loss, bit unlucky, you could argue, awful conditions. Um, so yeah, close loss after all the hype. Um, but crucially for me, I think Belichick's defense did a good job generally stifling sort of the, you know, the Bucks offense, um, wet conditions played into the hands a little bit. I think it didn't make for a, a vintage performance for, from either side, really. Um Top performers coming out of that game. Uh, we seem to mention him every week, Matt Judon. Um, you know, he's just he's he's a you've got to play him. Um, another twenty four points, another big week. Um, as I say, he's a must start, especially against a let's face it, a poor Texan side. Um, elsewhere, secondary had a good game against the Bucks. Um, nothing, you know, really off the charts. But Carl Duggar, J.C. Jackson. Jonathan Jones, you know, all our decent games. Um, and all three are found on on sort of various waiver wires. And I think, you know, against this, you know, rookie quarterback, again, the rookie quarterback scenario comes into play. Um, you know, I, I, if you're short on the secondary going into week five and you can find them on the waivers, um, I'd stay, you know, I'd, I'd probably say that, um, yeah, Carl Duggar for me would be the, the pick of the three. He's been sort of scoring more consistently. Um so yeah, especially yeah, especially against his Texans side, I, I think there'll be some mistakes there. Um, Texans week four, actually absolutely blown out of the wall by the Bills, um, and they haven't been the only team that's suffered that this season, and probably won't be the last. Um, they started off okay, to be fair. Uh, we had Lonnie Johnson sort of um, in the secondary picked off Allen first pass. Uh, he had a good game, racked up nineteen and a half points. Uh, but then, you know, they turn the ball over and the offense goes three and out and, and sort of gives it straight back to the Bills. And, you know, you can't encourage Josh Allen, this offense, to, you know, to, to come back at you that quickly. Um, but, you know, I suppose based on week four, I can make a case for some of the Texans um, against the one or three Patriots team. They're not, you know, they're not the highest scoring team in the world. Um, and, you know, it's... Um, um, you know, with Davis Mills turning the ball over, it's one of those games where you think, well, that Texans defense is going to be on the field a lot um, because this Texans offense is really struggling to put stuff together. Um, linebacker Christian Kirksey, he's been pretty solid all season. Uh, Gruger Hill picked up a decent 13 points um, in, you know, what was a, a tough game. Uh, he's on the waiver wire. Uh, Desmond King at DB racked up 20 points. Um, I think the Pats win, win the game for me. Um, and I think one of the against this Texan side who's, who's really struggling. The offense is, is poor. They just cannot cannot put anything together on that. Um, 
I think I'd definitely be looking at um, Matt Judon's a nailed on pick, in, especially in a game like this. He's, he's going to go again and wouldn't surprise me if he has another 20 plus week. Um, that's That's got to be my banker of the week, primarily because he's playing the Texans. Um, but yeah, if you you know look at some of those players in the secondary as well, like we said, Mills, rookie quarterback, he'll mm. he'll throw a couple of picks. I reckon. I like definitely. I like the Judon Duggar stack. If you can, if you can stack them both, I, th- I think you could be that could be an mm. absolute winning performance if if it goes off. It's one of those. Yeah, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble on it, then you you, you do it week five against against Houston. Have a go. So, yeah. Right. So what am I on to? Oh no. Not the Vikings. Um, oh, Lions, Vikings. Lions, Another Vikings. One, one score game. I might do you can You can do the Vikings next week. I've had enough of it. So, That's fine. You take the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Um, it's a, that's, a, that's a shit sandwich on both sides. I know. <laughs> Lions at Vikings. So, not a great week for either of these teams. However, for the Vikings, this is a decent matchup. And a game where we expect them to bounce back. I thought Jared Goff looked poor against the Bears, really poor, and off he, he looked often rattled by their pass rush, um, and obviously with the Vikings having Daniel Hunter and er- Everson Griffin, they have a real decent pass rush, and and they could put Goff in some serious trouble in this one. I highlighted Everson Griffin last week, and if you picked him up, he scored well in Week Four. Hunter and Griffin both got a sack. Kendrick scored okay. I expect him to have an uptick against the Lions because uh, the Lions will try, they'll have to try and run the ball through the, through the middle majority of the time. Other linebacker it, of interest at the moment for the Vikings has been Nick Vigil. Now, he didn't score well and he was outscored by Blake Lynch. So it might be time to bench Nick Vigil. Um, Anthony Barr is due back soon. So the only linebacker that I would start actually in this whole matchup would be Kendricks. So from the Lions, um DB Mari Onowari, he top scored as he picks he picked off Justin Justin Fields. Charles Harris got a sack at DL. Derek Barr and an attack for a loss. I just wouldn't still I I wouldn't go I wouldn't go anywhere to Detroit still at this moment in time. It's just not enough consistency around the players and the scoring. Um the news that DL Romeo Aquara is injured. I think I think he's out. I think he's out for the season. I'm not confirmed yet at this time, but I think he's out. Um, oh, so it just adds to their woes. I see this as a bounce back win, um, and I think that uh, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin can be started for me. They're the they're the two picks, and obvious the obvious one, Eric Kendricks. Um, but yeah, that's about that's about the lot from that from this matchup. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it was we were both quite heavy on the Vikings winning that game um, at the weekend, and it was it was just a shutout after the the first score. It was um, yeah, just um, couldn't seem to get any traction. I think Cleveland did a, a good good number. Um, yeah, but a bounce back win for me though. I, I think this this Lions team. I said it. I think last last poll or the one before, they're just bang average for me um, yeah. across the board. It's um, not know, a lot of consistency. With, Throw out, no, um, and you know, the mutual friend of ours on the, the chat on Sunday watching the games was you know commenting on you know making some derisory remarks about golf. And I, th- I think he's he's about he's found his level, you know. I, I always thought he was a 
fairly average quarterback and he's he's bedded in nicely at a fairly mediocre team. So yeah, Vikings win for me. Um Okay, uh, where have we gone next? Off to Carolina. So we've got the Eagles coming to the Panthers. Um, the Eagles game was was quite good fun, actually. It was, it was entertaining. Um, 42-30, wasn't low scoring. 42-30 loss um, at home to the Chiefs. Um, Philly were competitive um, for, for a large part of the game. Um, but ultimately, you, you can't play the Chiefs and blow three touchdowns with penalties. I mean, it's just... You know, you couldn't do that against most teams, certainly not against Mahomes. Um, top performers for me, there's, there's only really a couple of players based on, you know, Philly at the moment that sort of jump out at me, uh, especially based on the week four performances. Uh, Eric Wilson, the linebacker, um, had a good game, a very good game against Chiefs, 23 points, uh, 10 tackles and a pick. Um it's, but I mean, the real highlight for me this season has been uh, Javon Hargrave in the defensive line. Um, 17 and a half points, including a sack. Um, you know, and he's he's been he's been pretty solid. Um, but you know, this was against a you know a CMC free Panthers who, who let Sam Darnold run around like an excitable puppy. Um, <laughs> uh, in, <laughs> Russian leader, mate. The Russian, yeah, yeah. So, leader. Um, yeah, he seems to like playing in Dallas, though. Um, but anyway, that's not going to happen every week, and I don't think it's going to happen against this um, this young Panthers defense. Um, uh, sorry, the, the Eagles defense. So um, yeah, I think Hargrave and, and the Philly front seven might might sort of fancy this one because CMC is a big miss. He, he was always going to be a problem. Um, and if you're looking for someone on the haver, on the, on the waiver pickups, um, I don't think really Philly are not the team. It's a bit like Detroit. You, I mean, you've got one or two, like I've touched on, probably outside of Wilson and Hargrave, uh, especially going up against the Panthers at home. I'm, I'm not going to be sort of gambling on, on anyone outside of, you know, those two really. Uh, Panthers, again, this is another one I got wrong because I fancy them to win uh, at the Cowboys, but nope, uh, they got beaten 36-28. Um this young defense took a little bit of a kicking for the first time this season. Um, I mean, the Cowboys put up 433 yards on them. Uh, Zeke, you know, counted for 143 of those. Um, Tony Pollard was a great foil as well. Um, between the two of them, they just they really hammered that um, that front line. Um, yeah, they just they they couldn't deal with them. Um, all the usual suspects were quiet for me. Brian Burns, uh, Hassan Reddick, Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin. All had quite weak four performances. Um, although the one highlight for me out of those four was Shaq Thompson. I don't know if you saw him. He absolutely drilled Tony Pollard <laughs> yeah. uh, earlier in the first quarter on a run play. And, um, and there was one tackle from Chin as well, which was yeah horrendous. So it's um, but um, yeah, but not one of the Panthers IDP players hit double figures this week. And I think that says you know that's as much a credit to maybe Dallas as as anything else. Um, this week, you know, they're going up against a Philly offense that you know they threw together some nice plays against the Chiefs. They they, they threw them the, the Chiefs defense out of step a few times. So it, it's a tough call because, as I said, you know, in, in terms of who's going to win the game, um, the Panthers can't rely on on Darnold sort of running. Um, but if you know DJ Moore has another big game and he maybe he needs to sort of air it out a bit more, get Robbie Anderson and one or two others involved. Um, I think. I think this young Panthers team will bounce back at home against Philly. Uh, Philly have been better than I expected this season. Um, I I would still say if you've got 
your Brian Burns, your Reddicks, your Thompsons, your Chins. I think you know they'll be looking for a bounce back home win. I think this defense will be will be better, and you, I, I still think consistently over the season you can rely on those four. Um, but as I said, n- no one on that defense got into double figures. So in terms of looking at pickups at the moment, no, I, I you know I think we're going to have to wait and see how they re- this young team respond to you know a bit of a setback um, first time this season. Um, one thing that, that, that has surprised me, I know, it's, and I, I meant to get your thoughts on it, but I just can't understand how the Eagles look and are, are using or not using Miles Sanders at the moment. It no, just doesn't no. seem to. It's a weird one. You've got this talented running back, and they're just, you know, he, he's involved in the odd check down play, and every time he picks up the ball, it's it's a sweep, and he ends up going sideways, out of bounds, losing yards. And you're like, I'm not yeah, sure. I don't get it. No. No, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think there's anything. I mean, obviously, Kenny Gainwell seems to be doing what well, he's, mm. de- he's definitely benefiting from this, but it doesn't. Uh, there's parts of the game where you'd expect them to use a Miles Sanders or or a run or a running back that can not run the, <clears> not the run the game into the ground, but at least take some of the pressure off. Jalen Hurts. Different. I mean, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, and you've got you've got a couple of teams that are starting to demonstrate this sort of dual threat like um, running back. Dallas are a case in point. Cleveland are another one. Kareem Hunt backing yep. up Chubb. You know, show them something different. Um, yeah, but if they if they're going to be that one dimensional against this Panthers defense, yeah, I, I think they'll struggle. So, I mean, do you th- do you think though? Like, do you think though it, offensively? If you would you start Sanders next week, knowing what Dallas did to the Panthers, mind you, I would say that's mainly due to the O line. The Dallas O line is is, yeah. is looking particularly it's, good. They're creating lanes. Animal. They're creating some serious lanes. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, it's Zeke, not Zeke only Zeke. I of Pollard. Yeah. You just look at it and go, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they're impressive, Dallas, at the moment. Yeah. But anyway, good. this game. So, who are you, who are you saying? You saying Panthers? Pan- Panthers for me at home. Yeah. And me. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying Panthers. I think they'll, I think they'll bounce back, and it's just not the Eagles. Even though they're playing quite well, I just feel they're not quite in control of their destiny. If you know what I mean, I just feel that mm-hmm. they can, you know, you know, they're going to show signs of looking really good, and then, and then they implode, giving away stupid penalties. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's going to be one of those seasons for them. Um, yeah, fun to watch. But, um, talking about yeah, talking about teams that can implode and not particularly doing what they should do. Let's go to the Saints. Saints at Washington. We'll go there. So the, the Saints, they're going to be reeling from their loss against the Giants in week four. Um, I expect them to be really fired up. Ever, do they have enough firepower to get past the Washington D, which we keep, everybody keeps saying how good it is. We're still waiting to really see this Washington D. I'm still waiting. It didn't really show up again in week four. They, any, any team that gets destroyed by... Uh, Cordell Patterson in the red zone as a as a target. I, I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed, and it happened three times. It was just, you know, I just look at it. And it's, I don't know. I, I rate their secondary, but I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, so that's a massive worry. But points wise for Washington in week four, um, Cole Holcomb continues to be the linebacker to have. Uh, he got nine tackles, tackle for a loss, and a forced fumble. Uh, there's news that's broken about John Bostick. He could be out for a while with a pectoral injury, so we need to keep an eye on that. If Bostick's out, it could also obviously it's still going to play into Cole Holcomb's hands, but it could be an uptick for Jamin Davis. Uh, we'll have to wait, wait to see on that one though. But 
but yeah, um, if you have got Bostic, I think it's it's not looking particularly good for him. Other positions, Jonathan Allen at DL continues to score consistently. He put up 14.5 points in IDB Plus in week four. Montez Sweat got a sack. Chase Young also, they, he put up half decent numbers as well compared to other weeks. In the secondary, DB Bobby McCain was impressive. Three three pass defenders and five solo tackles. Kendall Fuller and Landon Collins also caught their scoring quite solidly. Flipping it over to the Saints, the Saints secondary scored well against the Giants. <laughs> against Daniel Jones as expected. Um, with DB, DB Marcus Williams and veteran Malcolm Jenkins scoring over 20 points. One to keep an eye on, rookie linebacker Pete Werner. Werner, whatever you want to say. He's announced himself to the NFL with 10 tackles and one tackle for a loss in week four. And he's somebody I'd look to stash or monitor. Um, is Everyone's looking at this linebacker core at the Saints. Well, you should be keeping an eye on it because somebody's going to come in to replace fully Demario Davis. And obviously you've got Zach Bourne. You've got Pete Werner. If it goes to, whoever it goes to is going to, they could be, they could be heading up high tackle counts for years to come. So they, they could be the player to pick up. And at the moment, it looks like, Werner looks like the guy. After last week, anyway, I thought he, he played particularly quite well. Anyway, as going for the for this actual game, I see it going to Washington. The, the Saints, I mean, they look confused. Offensively, I don't know what's going on. Kamara doesn't look happy. The quarterback situation is bizarre. Again, it, <sighs> uh, they swapped it out. They swapped it out at a point of the game which was strange. And yeah, Taysom Hill dragged nine players over the line to score a touchdown. But but it was just like, from a boom or bust kind of person who, um, bloody hell, what's his name is? What's his name? Completely gone out of my head. What's his name? The QB? Jameis Winston. Jameis. Jameis, yeah. Boom or bust like he is. I mean, to take him off the field <clears> at the point where you actually need something to act... Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm saying... I'm not going to moan and rant about the Saints anymore. I think they've they've completely lost their marbles at this moment in time. And they really, and the last thing they need to do is play Washington, who, okay, not firing on all cylinders, but that's kind of worrying because they're winning. So I still think that Washington, with Heineke, he's playing particularly quite well, quite structured. Yeah, I think think Washington are a decent outfit and I, I expect them to beat New Orleans this week. What do you think, Brent? Yeah, um, completely agree. I think we're starting to see signs. I mean, we we said uh, I said last week that I would, I've been disappointed by this Washington defense. Um, I tipped Chase Young to have a, a you know step up and have a good game. He did. He, he wasn't. He was. He was good. Nothing. You know, he didn't sort of blow the doors off or anything. But I think you're starting to see them step up and do what we we hope they would do. Um, I completely agree about the. I, I don't know what the Saints are doing. They're such an infuriating team to 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 watch and, and try and predict. And I think, you know, Taysom Hill, as you say, dragging up team players, probably says more about the, you know, the Giants' defensive capabilities at this moment in time than wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say, again, you know, Washington coming off the back of a win that, you know, on another day they don't get it. But, um, you know, hey, a win's a win. It'll boost their confidence and... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say Washington at home. Um, right, I've got to move on to the Dolphins at the Bucks. Jesus wept. Um, do you want to? See, I, I did some notes earlier for the the Dolphins game, just summing up um, 
that was pretty much what I wrote down for um, <laughs> my week four summary against the Colts. Yeah, one good. Um, all right, I've, I've got some proper notes, but I mean that that's not a million miles away from what I, I thought on Sunday. Um, awful home performance, really, when you you break it down, uh, especially from the offense who just couldn't keep the ball or get anything going, uh, and by the time they did, it was too late. Um, the one plus from an IDP perspective is um, the defense was on the field a lot, um, although they didn't really do much. Um, Run defense. <laughs> Oh, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, any positives? Uh, Christian Wilkins. How I said, I've been saying for some time that I, I was excited when we we sort of drafted him a couple of years ago. Um, he's starting to look like he's 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 a bit later than I would have liked, but growing into the the player that we we hoped. Um, and he racked up eighteen points off the back of a, a good week three performance as well. Um, two tackles, including a couple for a loss. Uh, Van Ginkel. Uh, and Ogba racked up 15 points apiece. Uh, Ogba got another sack. But again, and you've already touched on it, they were bloody awful against the run. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor ripped through that line in the third quarter. And then after that, they just they just kept pounding the ground again. Then you go from that to a stupid neutral zone infraction penalty by Jalen Phillips right in the red zone. Um, led to a touchdown. The touchdown included some bloody awful man-to-man coverage when the Colts ran the option route. Just there was nowhere near him. So, um, you know, and when we finally sacked Wentz, it was offset, you know, by another bloody penalty. So it was just, yeah, it was it was just piss poor. Um, so I, I'm struggling to to really, you know, as much as I'd like to try and find anything apart from the three players I mentioned who had reasonable games. Um, moving on to the Bucks. Well, I mean, you know, we've already touched on it. It was all the hype surrounding the game at Foxborough and, and they, they ground out a win. Um, and that's what good champions do. You know, they went to a, you know, a, a, a tough game where there was a lot of pressure on Brady in particular um, on the road in awful conditions and, and they toughed it out and, and got the win. Um, helped, I've got to admit, by a really weird call from Belichick going for that field goal, um, which ultimately sort of iced the game. But um few top performances coming out of that game. Uh, a guy we've both been keen on, uh, Antoine Winfield in secondary came good, racked up 21.5 points, although he did limp out of the game, didn't he? So I'm not sure what the... Um, um, and that's that's something the Bucks don't need at the moment. That secondary is a bit banged up. Um, they're, they're really short on um, on sort of quality players in that, that DB. Um, but Winfield, before he hobbled out, picked up a, a pick and a, a false fumble. Um, I've got him in one of our leagues, so I will have to keep an eye on that. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, outside of that, uh, try and show Yunker, uh, another line back, line linebacker you can play at DL. He he had yeah he had a, a great day at the office, racking up twenty five points, two sacks. Um, he's had a good start to the season. Uh, Shaq Barrett, one of my favourite players on the Bucks side, um, had a decent game. Um, again, another linebacker that you can slot in at DL on sleeper. Um, he came in with just under 20 points, including a sack and got to the quarterback a, a couple of times. Um, the sack and the QB hit numbers are exactly what I'm looking at. If you're, if you're looking for Bucks players this week against a Dolphins offense, which just can't seem to, you know, it, it, it's a bit all over the shop still. We came into the season, we knew the O-line was, was a bit suspect and I, I seem to be repeating myself every week. Um, again, the reason I'm looking at the linebackers and the DL for the Bucks is, to be fair to Jacoby Brissett, 
and he will be playing again this week. As I said, I don't think we'll see two until the London game. He's far more likely to... The only thing I do like is he, he, he'll, he'll wrap it up and take the sack rather than try and force the throw in. So, you know... Um, Good for us. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, like I said, the problem is that, you know, he, he, he did fumble it twice, you know, against mm. the Colts as well. So that's the downside. You know, if you're not going to throw it away or try and force the throw and you take the hit, then, you know, chances are the, there's a good chance a ball pops out. Um yeah, for me, I can't see anything other than the Bucks home win. I think they, like I said, they've they've toughed out a, a difficult game at the Patriots, and I think they've got a, a, a Miami offense that's coming to town that really is short on confidence. Um, I think I'll I'll be writing off this weekend and and just waiting for Week Six when two is back. Um, hopefully, we can uh, we can do something against Jacksonville at London. So yeah, following suit, obviously Bucks got got no choice really in that man. Um, so where am I? Packers at Bengals. Ooh, starting with the Bengals. I don't know. I know. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there is a. I don't know how long that will be for because I mean, Murph mentioned it on Monday about the um, the red zone conversion is is through the roof at this moment in time for for the Bengals. So pretty much every time they get down there, they convert and they don't get down there very much. So the worry is, is once they stop those sort of big plays that that's, you know, the Bengals are going to struggle, which eventually they will, teams will stop them anyway. But going on back to where we are, um, starting with the Bengals, Logan Wilson had a great game against the Jags in week four. He put up 10 tackles, one tackle for a loss, and a sack. He is an absolute top player and he may be a trade target for you. So if you don't have him, um, he won't be on the wire. Be somebody you could try and get if you if you can. I mean, maybe maybe as an add-on on an offensive trade, add him on. He's one of those kind of players where what we were talking about earlier on about this kind of decent floor. He's decent floor with a high upside um, is Logan Wilson and somebody should be owned. Um, I would expect him next year's drafts Logan Wilson would be going off at the top of the tree. I think he's going to be into the sort of like Eric Kendricks, uh, Dion Jones sort of like range around that kind of time. Anyway, moving on from Logan. So uh, Jermaine Pratt is a linebacker that could fill a gap. Now he, he he's the other linebacker of, uh, of choice at this moment in time, and he will be on the waiver wire. Um, he scored, he scored consistently over the last couple of weeks. Uh, up front, Sam Hubbard has been putting up good numbers. He's the Bengal selection for me currently at DL. The other DLs are still doing okay. Um, Trey Hendrickson had a quite a week this week. So Sam Hubbard gets my pick out of that front line. The Bengals DBs, they're being led by Lo- um, by Von Bell, who's scoring consistently. But it's, he's going to be very unlikely he's going to be available so if you're looking for a pickup in DB, Eli Apple is is a good at it this moment in time. He's got decent tackle numbers and he's he's had a pass defended at each of the last three weeks. It isn't the best matchup though for the Bengals days. Aaron Rodgers can be it can be difficult to get to at times. Um so it might not be a great week for the Bengals. The Packers, D, Eric Stokes, DB, was the big scorer in week four with an interception, two pass defended and eight solo tackles. And Rashawn Gary, about time, but he has had a monster week. 
that will please owners. He, definitely, he's, he, he got a sack and he got to the QB on multiple occasions. He's a must-add and a pickup if still on the wire. Uh, this week, must-start as well against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, the, it, linebacker, though, it, the Packers, there's, there's definitely a lack of consistent scoring at this moment in time with who to start and who not to start. So I would avoid the Packers linebacker back a court at this point in time. I think Chris Barnes got an injury. And um, yeah, I'd concentrate up front and in the secondary because there's points to be had in week five for those Packers. Um, I'm going to go for a Packers win on this. They've hit some good form and looking good. It won't be easy against the Bengals, though. They're also playing quite well. But um, it's definitely one of the games I'm looking forward to this week. So yeah, Packers win for me. What do you reckon, Bram? Yeah, I mean, joking about what since he doing at sort of three and one. I think this is one of those games that's going to be, um, yeah, a bit too much of a stretch for him, even even at home. Um, just been having a, a quick circle around on the waivers, um, you know, talking about that secondary, um, you know, and a couple of our, well, at least one of our leads, Eric Stokes, is out there, um, coming off the back of that week. Sean Gary, surprisingly, is yeah. floating around, although, like we said, maybe not. Um, again, if you're looking for a might be a bit more of a gamble, to be honest, in that secondary. Darnell Savage, who did have a very good week three against, well, a decent week three against San Francisco. But um, yeah. Did so he pick I, up a knot? Is he questionable? Darnell he's not. He's not listed as questionable. He might have finished moment, a while. No. I just remember seeing yeah. him on the floor. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> must have got back up and been all right. <laughs> Thank God for that. Having a, a kip. But yeah, uh, Packers win. And um, yeah, I think the secondary is a good shout because, um, yeah, I think he'll come he will. under a bit more pressure than he has done the yeah. last couple of games. And so. if, that game, if that game goes to plan, he'll have to. There'll mm. be a point in that game where he's going to have to because yeah. they'll be probably chasing the game. But yep. we'll see. Wait and see. Okay. So where are we going? We're off to the Chargers. Uh, so we've got the Browns at the Chargers. Um, so... Um, yeah, I suppose we've got to mention the Browns sort of uh, week four winning against the Vikings again. Um, as we said earlier, we fancy the Vikings going into this one, but yeah, you know, and despite another poor showing from Baker Mayfield, um, you know, the defense after that Jefferson touchdown, they just you know, they they did a job on Cousins and really that good. offense, they just um. You know, they just didn't, they, they couldn't get near him. Uh, Miles Garrett was at it again, 20, 21 points. Um, you know, it's a bit of a come down from what did he rack up the week before? 55 points. <laughs> Something stupid, yeah. Yeah, obscene. Um, some of my teams don't score that many. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, he got, and within that, you know, he, and he got to Kirk Cousins on four occasions. Um, Malcolm Smith, the veteran linebacker, picked up 15 points. Uh, Greedy Williams at corner racked up 17 points, including you know a pick. Um, I found him on the waivers, and I think he he's worth a shout. Uh, week five against against his Chargers offense. Uh, Denzel Ward, the other corner, uh, was also on the waiver wire. Didn't didn't score quite as highly. So um, um, you know, if you're looking for someone in in the secondary, um, yeah, I think Greedy Williams would you know you could do do a, a bit worse. Uh, the Chargers, I'm struggling to get excited about anyone on this Chargers defence at the moment. Um, you know, even the, the two obvious picks, you know, you, you've got Joey Bosa and Dewan uh, James. Uh, Joey Bosa has been below his projected figures so far this season pretty consistently. Uh, Dewan James has fared a little better, um, you know, with a, a half-decent show and 17 points in, in sort of week two. Um, outside that on the waivers, uh Nasir Adderley, um, you know, he had, he had, 
had some good scores sort of weeks two and three. Uh, White at linebacker, you know, had a monster week three versus the Chiefs. But again, I'm looking back as I have done with some of these teams over the first sort of four weeks. And it's like you touched on before, it's trying to, trying to find that consistent performance or someone that's trending up. And I just, yeah, we're I don't that see that this. Yeah. We're at I, that time. I, we got to Yeah, we, we do. And we've said this about teams, you know, week one, week two, look, let's, once we get into October, we'll, we'll maybe start to see a pattern with some of these defenses, some of the, you know, the key players. Um, but yeah, there definitely seems to be a lack of consistency. I had high hopes for, for, you know, the Chargers this season. Um, okay. It's still relatively early days. Yes. They've had a good win against the Chiefs. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see before I start, you know, looking to, to sort of draft in any any Chargers defense. I, I want to see a you know a bit more consistency from them. Um in terms of the game itself, um i think it'll be entertaining. You've got two you know two entertaining offenses. I think they're gonna sit down with Baker and, and try and iron out some of these issues because there were a lot of high wide passes going on on Sunday. Um, and you know, if if he if he'd connected on a couple of those passes, then you know it could have been a worse day for the Vikings than it than it actually was. Um, but um, I'm I'm going to pick the Browns in this one. I know they're on the road, um, but I think after, like I said, two, I like both offenses. I think they're both entertaining, play some some fun football, but purely on the strength of that very impressive defensive performance um, against your boys last weekend. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Browns with this one. Um, I don't think the Chargers are anywhere near as strong in the D. I feel it's a good matchup. A matchup for like when you've got when you've got a good solid defense and you've got a very strong run game. It points that way to you know you can stifle teams, and that's what happened to Minnesota. We we couldn't we couldn't really stop them. You know, well we, even though we kind of did every time then we got on the field. They stopped us to the point of where it become frustrating and hard work, such hard work. And the Browns are really good at doing that. And at this moment in time, and like you said, even with Baker not clicking, they can still do it because they're not reliant on him. They're not reliant on him. And they, they haven't, they've never been really. So, you know, this is the thing. But when, when he does click, they go, you know, they could put 40 points on somebody. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And I'm going for the Browns. I'm going for the Browns in this one as well. I quite like the Chargers like you, but I'm still waiting for them to, they look a little bit boom or bust, saying it, using those, that thing again. But they do feel that 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 way inclined, other than the Browns who seem consistently, um, you know, good defence, yeah. good run and, game. And like, like I touched on with the Bucks as well, you know, one, once you start getting into the meat of the season, the, the teams that are going to push late into the postseason, they'll they'll tough out ugly games. They'll, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll win when, you know, their star QB or, or you know whatever is yeah. is you know just having a bad day at the office and and the Browns kind of fall into that category. I don't think they're yeah. as good as the Bucks, but I think they're you know. I mean, it's amazing, really, when you look at it. I mean, wide receiver wise, I mean, Beckham's just come back off injury. Landry's still out, or did he come back? I'm not sure. No, but I think he's, he's still missing. He's still missing. So I mean, they haven't got their top. Well, or they hadn't had their top two wide receivers consistently. Yeah, and, and I, does I, it, I think does it know, make a blind bit being, of difference to him. No, and I, I've, I've listened to a couple of pods since the weekend, and I, I think Baker's coming in for you know a fair bit of criticism. That maybe, like you say, you know they're missing Landry. He hasn't had 
the options that he, he would have done. So, yeah, okay, his radar seems to have been off the last couple of weeks. But, you know, when, when you've got Chubb and Hunt, you know, hammering the, the defensive lines, then, yeah. yeah. And then once Landry's back, I'd, yeah, I'd be worried. So, okay. So I'm going over now to the Titans at the Jags. <sighs> wow. Poor performances from both of these. I think I tipped both of them to win in week four. <laughs> Some, sums up our week. I think I did. Yeah, I did. Well, did we get any right? Fucking awful. Absolute shocker when it comes to this. Good job we didn't stick any money on it. Um, but I'm going to go for the Jags in this game. As I, I just... This, tight, this Titans off, offense is alarming, to say the least, what happened against the Jets. I mean... The reliance on Derek Henry and then the choice not to use him in the red zone in multiple occasions was bizarre. Um, and I just feel that they just look lost. They, you know, without without Julio Jones or uh, AJ Brown, they've just not got enough there to 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 beat teams. And uh, seven sacks Ryan Tannehill took. But anyway, let's go. I'll go, go on to that right now. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually going to need something more to start. I won't be able to pick the Titans moving forward until I see something more from them, rather than just this Derrick Henry way, because teams will just load the box, and that's what they're going to do. The Jets did done a job on the Titans, though, and I feel that the Jags, though, could do the same. But the Titans, let's go, let's pick a Titans player. Let's go Harold Landry. So Harold Landry... Um, for the Titans, he, he's a consistent top linebacker and he can be started and played at DL and he's a week in, week out start for me. He is an exceptional player at this moment. He was all over the field and he has been actually for the last few weeks. Maybe the numbers haven't shown, but he's really started to dominate. He, for me, is a must start. He got to Zach Wilson multiple times in week four. He finished up with 27.50 uh, points in IDB plus, which included a sack. Christian Fulton at DB also scored well with an interception and pass defended and could be started against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. I would, yeah, and I'd also start obviously Kevin Bayard as well. He's also consistently scoring well, um, but they wouldn't. I wouldn't be too. They wouldn't be going too too many other places along that Titans defense. So Landry, Kevin Bayard, and Christian Fulton would be the the three that I would look to be starting. Going over to the Jags, um, because of Ryan Tannehill, this Jags DL has got to be seriously in play. I mean, he got sacked. Let's go go for it, right? So he's been sacked 17 times this season, um, seven of them last week. He's he's hanging around the pocket like he's waiting for a bus. Yeah, so you're going to have to... I, I'm looking at some kind of stack here from, from this Jags defense. I'll be starting, obviously, DL's... Josh Allen, Adam Gotsis. I mean, he's in, he's in play. Miles Jack at linebacker. Secondary performers, Andrew Winyard, as we've mentioned a few times, Rayshon Jenkins, Tyson Campbell, and even Shaq Griffin. They, they, these are um, these are big upside plays. And in this, anything if Ryan Tannehill does anything like what he did in week four, um, there could be some serious points to be had from this Jags team. So it's the Jags for me to win this game. And defensively, there could be some big points in play. What do you reckon, Bram? I don't know. You to be honest, I, I think I think I'm starting to really lose interest in the AFC South. I think it's a, it's a really, really. It's become like the NFC East. Um, oh, yeah. It's just yeah. 
There's, I just, you know, I mean, one of them's got to go to the postseason, but Jesus Christ, they ain't going to be there very long at this rate. I don't, I, I, I'm inclined to think, yeah, I mean, just just the way this Titans offense is just almost they didn't know, you know they didn't have a car. Honestly, had no clue. Yeah. I don't think he had and... any clue of what was going on. I mean, I know the Jets D, the Jets pass rush is decent. It is decent. We've talked about it a few times, but my God, just mm. throw the ball away, man. Yeah, it, it was elements. And, and like of that. you say, and I've just had what you touch. I mean, with the exception of obviously you know, the two obvious players, Josh Allen and Miles Jack, I'm just scooting down the waivers, waiver wires. Rashawn Jenkins, Shaq Griffin, Tyson Cap, they're all out there. Yeah. Um, so if you do want to go down the route of, of taking a punt, even if it's just for the one week, because again, I mean, you touched on this a couple of weeks ago. It's you know, and it kind of ties in with you know, yeah, setting your setting your roster, setting your floor. But again, coming back to the matchup, and when you've got a quarterback that's being stuffed like that on a regular basis, then yeah, I mean, if they're out there on the waivers and and you've got a few players you don't mind dropping off, who, you know, I'm performing because it's absolutely we've touched on it. it's getting to that time in the season where you know if you're not seeing those players trending up or if they're flip flopping week to week and you're not getting consistency, now's the time where you start tinkering a bit and saying right, that is a good matchup. That O line and that quarterback are all over the shop. Um, you know, stack them up, get after him. Um, you know, they're playing at home. Um, I think, you know, it's okay. Yep. They're, they're still 0-4, but, um, they've showed signs, you know, that it's, you know, it's, it's coming together. It's, it's going to take time. I suppose, again, if you're going to make a case for, you know, uh, anything on the Titans, hey, it's another rookie quarterback, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, it's one of those games where it could be really entertaining, but again, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure which way it would go. I'll, I'll go with the Jags at home, really. So, okay. Um, Bears at the Raiders. Um, so, Bears coming off a week four win um, at home against the Lions, 24 um, 14. I've already touched on the Lions. I don't want to sort of, you know, rag on them too much, but, um, you know, it was a home win against a real mixed bag from the Lions. You've got Goff throwing for nearly 300 yards. That's the good side. You also got stuffed for four sacks and two fumbles. That's the other side of Goff. Um, so, and the Bears with, you know, Fields are now, you know, they're two and two, second in the NFC North. Um, and I think that's largely in part to, to the defence. <sighs> that man, Rokon Smith, he's at it again. Um, another 24 points, including the sack. Khalil Mack had another solid game, 15 and a half points, um, including a huge strip sack in the second quarter to turn it over on third down. Um, quick shout on the um, uh, on the waiver watch. Um, Alec Ogletree, linebacker, put up 24 points, 12 tackles. Um, not sure I get to see him getting the same numbers, uh, you know, at the Raiders this week, but. Um, He's he's out there if you are looking for a, a linebacker who's had a you know coming off the back of a decent result. Um, I think the slight problem with trying to find value in the Bears' defense is is just that it's in from a fantasy perspective it's kind of in danger of becoming a bit of a bit of a two man you know sort of defense with uh, defense with with Smith and, and Mac. Um, and again, a bit like I touched on with Philly, you know they're going away to a Raiders team that's playing well. Um, so I'm not sure it's one of those weeks where you want to be gambling on, you know. Bears players, you, you're not 100% on. Um, flipping over to the Raiders, um, I'd still, I'd definitely be looking at the Raiders' D in this matchup, I think. Um, a, they're at home and playing well. B, 
again, they're against a rookie quarterback. Yes, Fields played well last week, but as I've said before, it was against the Lions. Raiders at home are going to be a slightly different proposition. Um, so again, with the rookie QB in mind, I'll be looking at the likes of, you know, your Max Crosby's, your Yannick Ngokwe's in the D-line to try and put a bit of pressure on Fields, you know, getting his grill a bit. Um, I found Ngokwe on the waivers. Um, so the likes of Trail Mullen, Casey, Casey Hayward, uh, we've both been trending steadily up across the, the opening weeks of the season. Um, and I think those two players, Mullen and Hayward, um, you know, if this D-line can put pressure on fields, I'd expect them to be sniffing around in the secondary, um, you know, looking for, you know, fields to maybe get under pressure and, and sort of throw, throw a few wobblers. Um, yet the Bears defense is good. As I said, they've, they've, you know, there's a reasonable win over a bang average Lions team. Um, but I think, um, based on the matchup, I'd, I'd be looking at the Raiders and I think there's there's some value there. Um, the Bears team is a pain. Like I said, you know, you're not going to find Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack on the waivers anywhere. Um, or if you, if you are, it'd be a what miracle. If you do. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, I, I think the, the Raiders okay. have, have got a, a better, more consistent offense. And um, I think they'll be looking to bring a bit of pressure against Fields in this, um, in this uh, Bears offense. Okay. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Raiders on that as well. I'm definitely going Raiders. Just feel that they're a little bit more complete. Like you said, it, it was a, a really good matchup for the Bears last week. So I'm not going to take too much interest in that. Um, Broncos versus Steelers. Let's go by this one. So what we've got, both teams lost in week four against strong opponents. And this one's, this one's quite difficult to predict. However, what isn't difficult to predict is TJ Watt. Um, should be more of the same for him. He's still likely to get a sack or two. Um, you're going to have to keep an eye on who the starting QB is going to be, whether it's going to be Bridgewater or or not. I'm not sure. We're, we're not sure at this stage. But um, but you know, it, he sacked he sacked Rogers twice last week uh, and looked good coming back from injury. Devin Bush showed up, huh, which a lot of people have been waiting for that. Um, and he looks decent, so I mean, he might be he might be somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, I doubt again he's on waiver wires because he was such a big name, um, but he might be because he hasn't put up numbers for a, a long time. So there we go. Uh, let's have a look who else we got. Joe Schobert is also looking consistent, consistently good, um, and sort of settled now in his new home. If Drew Locke does start, um, he come in for Teddy. Bridgewater, as I said, due to due to injury, but it was concussion. So I'm, not sure, I'm still not sure which way it's going to go. So that's really going to be difficult to to gauge. If it is Drew Locke, I, I would stop start all the edge rushers from the Steelers anyway. Yeah, from the from the Broncos side of things, um, DB Caden Stearns, he had uh, himself a day in Week Four. He sacked Lamar Jackson twice, um, and the Broncos Broncos really brought the pressure. On um on the Ravens, unfortunately, wasn't enough for them. But uh, yeah, the secondary of the Broncos scored really well in Week Four, and I expect them to score well against um, Big Ben, who still doesn't look quite right for me. Um, and in Week Five, yeah, I, I just yeah, I th- I think there's there's a big chance for the secondary. So so you Justin Simmons, uh, Kareem Jackson, they're on my radar along with Patrick Sertain. Yeah, if Teddy, but for me, for the actual game itself, if Teddy plays, I think I'm going to go Broncos. If he doesn't, I'm going Steelers. 
I think it's that I think it's that important that Teddy Bridgewater plays just for the consistency. Steelers not looking right. They're not looking right at all. And um yeah, they I didn't think it was it didn't look that difficult for the Packers, not really, against them. And I just feel that yeah, I just feel that the Broncos the Broncos might have too much defensively, which is weird saying that about the Steelers, but because they're slightly disjointed offensively, I think yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Broncos in that one. Yeah, I think um, I mean, concussions always a you know how twitchy the NFL, uh, you know, understandably so are with with these sort of concussions. Um, I would hope Teddy's back um, because that was a that was a. I think we tipped the Broncos to, to win last week, and um, so um, I think they they can't really afford if they're going to push on. They can't really afford a you know. A, a, a second defeat on the bounce, but um, and yeah, the Steelers' offense for me is still very suspect, um, very questionable. Um, on the basis that Teddy's fit uh, and he's you know he's he's passed sort of safe to play, um, yeah, I'll go with the Broncos. Um, okay, uh, 40, 49ers at the Cardinals. Um, well, these two had very diff- different week four divisional matchups. Uh, Niners. Losing against the Seahawks, um, you know, to go drop to two and two. Um, Trey Lance really struggled um, following Jimmy G's injury. Uh, mind you, I mean, he'd already thrown a pick by the time he came off. Uh, and the special teams for San Francisco just collapsed, basically, um, as I touched on before. So, um, top performers, is there anything to salvage from the IDP fronts? Uh, well, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa picked up their standard sort of 15 and a half points each. Both scored exactly the same. Um, outside of that, on the waiver watch, you know, um, Edge D Ford, um, he was the Niners top scorer by quite a stretch with 23 points, uh, racking up a couple of sacks and a, a forced fumble. Um, I've got to be honest, this week going up against the cards, um, I'd be playing safe. Yeah, you know, play your... You know, um, play your obvious picks, Warner and Bosa. I don't think as good a game as the likes of, you know, D Ford had. Um, you know, he's against a, an elusive QB like like Kyler, who's, who, who is having a, a season so far, only week four, but he's not showing any signs of slowing down just yet. Um, moving over to the cards. I think this is about the point now where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot a little bit and go, come on, they're not. You know they're they're looking all right now, <laughs> mate. I actually on the live on the live pod with Murph. I had to. That was my that was my, one of my things where I just said that I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I've now um, got to get, I've, I've got to give up. I've got to give up and say yeah yeah they're so, they're playing really well. Well done. Yeah. Well, as I say, <laughs> I mean, you know, guys, it was a little bit, that was a little bit begrudging, but we'll let him <laughs> Um yeah, as I say, they, they just keep winning. Um, and to go to LA and put 37 points on that Rams defense, Christ, that's, that's a real statement of intent. Um, and they did it without any real standout IDF sort of fantasy performers. That's the weird thing. Simmons, Baker, Jones, all had quiet days. You know, you look at the numbers. Um, it was one of those all-round team, you know, defensive performances. Um, good for Cards fans not so good for fancy owners. Um, however, if you're looking for some waiver value, um, I'd say it's arguably in this game in the, the Arizona secondary. Um, few are found out there on the waivers. Um, all in the secondary, Jalen Thompson racked at 15.5 points. Byron Murphy had another 13.5 point game. Um, 
after his monster 29 and a half you know, points in, in week three. I'm surprised Byron Murphy is still floating around on, on the waivers, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, so I, d- I don't see this game going any other way. Uh, Carter at home, massive win for him against, uh, against the Rams. Uh, if Trey Lance starts for the Niners, you'd have to be looking at, you know, all the big names and, you know, I'd be sniffing around a few of those DBs on the secondary as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cards win for me. Can't see anything else. No, I'm think- with you after that, after that performance last week. So I'm over to Giants versus Cowboys. Um, good, good one. For this one. Um, good wins from both of these sides in week four. However, I expect the Giants to get back to losing ways against these Cowboys in week five. Um, Randy Gregory got to Sam Darnold multiple times in week four, and I expect him to get to Daniel Jones in this one. Gregory is back. He's causing havoc, um, and for me, he's the must-start um, in DL. He scored 26 points in IDB+. Plus. He got two sacks, of course, plus got he got to the quarterback four times. Parson, Mika Parsons also got a sack, um, and I was really impressed by just the Cowboys overall. Um, so so yeah, but we can't. I can't go on much further without um, mentioning uh, the star of the show at this moment in time, and that is the interception leader Trevon Diggs. Uh, two interceptions last week, which gives him five on the season. Um, and yes, he hasn't. He hasn't. Every game he's had a takeaway. Um, it's. I, I I doubt you're not going to find a waiver wire with Trevon Diggs. Surely not on it, but maybe. I, I have. have you? I have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he's he's got a knock. He's he's got a slight. They're they're listing him as having a uh, what have we got? Here? Da, 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 da. Yeah, so back tightness. I can't see that keeping him out. No, um, I just feel that he's. But yeah, he shouldn't. He, well, he sh- he, sh- he shouldn't. There. He shouldn't be there. The guys, the guys, training towards becoming a star. And you know what it's like with the Cowboys anyway. Their star players tend. To, he, he just seems to hunt it out at this moment in time. And he, you know, I thought he was excellent on the weekend. Um, but if he isn't there, uh, another DB, Anthony Brown or Jalen or Jaron Curse, they're both often, uh, they seem to be on most waiver wires and they've been consistent every week. This secondary from Dallas, they're making teams throw on them. That's what they're doing as well. So they're all massively in play week on week and especially in this one. I mean, this one is going to be, this is stack central here. If you're looking at it, um, from one of those DLs and um, or what edge rushers and and well Trevor Diggs or one of the secondary, I'm really not a fan of the the, the matchup for the Giants D at all. As you said about Carolina, they didn't score anybody didn't score very well against um, the Cowboys, and there's a reason for that. And I just don't see the Giants. They're in. They didn't play particularly well, even though they won. Defensively, they still didn't play particularly well um, in stages of the game, and that worries me against um, against Dallas. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going Cowboys, and I'm going for some big defensive points in this one for them. So yeah, forget forget your Giants and go all in on Cowboys defensive players if you can. Yeah, absolutely, and and we mentioned that. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, if Taysom Hill can drag that many Giants players over the line for a touchdown. God knows what Zeke's going to do to him. I know. Um, he's going to rip him a new one. So, yeah, I, th- I think the, the Cowboys, they're, 
firing on all cylinders at the moment. I think they'll just offensively. I think I think they're the pick in the league at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. they're just scoring so freely and they can do it so many different ways at the moment. Um, um, so yeah, uh, Cowboys all day long. Have I got? I've got to do the Bills and Chiefs now, haven't I? Just a Sunday late game. Um, and then you're yes. and you're doing the Colts Ravens finish. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where we, I don't know we ended up with two two in a row, but there we go. Let's just sort my maths out. Um, Bills versus Chiefs. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying nothing, mate. <laughs> it was a r- you divvied the game. Very <laughs> rough, very rough weekend, mine. To be fair. Anyway, Bills versus Chiefs. Um, it's got to be one of the games of the week. But from a defensive point of view, yeah, maybe not so much really. The Chiefs DL, um, Michael Dana had a day on uh, on Sunday, week four, um, sacking Jalen Hurts twice. He racked at 25.5 points in IDP+. Plus. He also scored 18 points against the Chargers in week three. So he's somebody who, who slipped slightly under the radar, um, who's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, Mike Hughes in, in, in DB, he also had a, had a day against Philly. He scored well. He got 10 tackles in. Uh, and a forced fumble. Yeah, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, he he's scoring consistently, um, along with uh, Jerry Sneed. So the Chiefs secondary are in play week to week. But yeah, and that it would be the secondary that I'd look... If I've got to start someone, it would be the Chiefs secondary. It would be in play, not their DLs or not even their linebackers. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Nick Bolton, who we've mentioned before, but... Again, it's not. A, it shouldn't be a massive week for them. Um, flipping it over to the Bills, um, and this team conti- it just continues to perform week in, week week out, really well. It's a forty-point lead, forty-point shutout against the Texans. Um, really impressive. You can only play with what you you've only got to play against with what you've got in front of you. So I know people say, oh, it's only against the Texans, but there's a way of doing it and to completely shut them out. It is impressive. Um, nice to see Tremaine Edwards join um, Edmonds join the party um, from points wise. Um, I noticed Matt Milano went off for an injury, which is a bit concerning. At least for me, I've gotten quite a few things. So um, also Jordan Poyer being out, he was replaced by Cam Lewis at DB, and he scored well. Um, Mika Hyde also got he got another interception. Um, oh, I'm, I'm mentioning here Bren's Bren's man Boogie Basham. He's made a he's made an appearance. He got himself a sack. Oh, Carlos, <laughs> first sack of his career, um, and he's he's off and running in the NFL. You realise on sleeper they don't even list his just Boogie his first name. It's just Bo- it's no Carlos, yeah. just Boogie Whack Basham. In his Boogie. Uh, um, yeah. So in this one, I fan- I I fancy the Bills. I really do. I mean, people might say this is going to be the making of the Bills. From that point of view, I spoke to Murph Bay at the start of the week and it was talking about who teams have played um, and now the Bills are going to play the Chiefs. So now, you know, nobody can turn around if they win. Nobody can turn around and say, well, they haven't, you know, they haven't had the hardest schedule so far. You go, well, they're doing all right. And they're, they're certainly playing well on both sides of the ball and they got a run game going as well. So it, it's all looking good for the Bills and I'm picking them for this week. Um, what are you going for? What are you going for? Brent, I'm 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 gonna go for the Chiefs at home. Um, I think it's it's a crucial game for both of them, but um, I think um, I think Kansas will, will want to make a want to make a bit of a statement. I I but it hey it could go either way. 
I mean, you've got two offences. My only concern with the Chiefs is, of the two QBs, Allen's been far and away the most consistent. I just haven't seen so um, far from the Chiefs. I just haven't seen enough from them to say that they are a really good side. Just generally. I mean, a lot of the time it feels to me that there's been a lot of penalties being given away opposition-wise. And, you know, they lost to the Chargers, as we know, which was... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, th- I think purely as you touched on one of the other games, just you know, for the sake of coming down on the other side of the fence and and playing devil's advocate, call it what you will. Um, I mean, I have going back to the the chief secondary. I've just had a quick shop around on waivers. There are some of those secondary players out there. Yeah. Um, Sneed, Sneed and Sorensen, who, who both sort of you know See, scored consistently. For me, it's kind of crazy um, because the thing is, is against these kind of top teams, the secondaries. And Nerny always in play because teams have got to throw on them. You can't just keep running. If you're if you're if you're three scores behind, two three scores behind, you need touchdowns and touchdowns quick. And the only way to do that is through the air. And that's when you know these secondary players are are, are often really in play. And I'm surprised that the amount of the top teams' secondaries are on waiver wires at this moment in time. But hey ho. All good, yeah, all good for us. Go. Grab, grab, grab them if you want. They're right there. <laughs> right. Finally. Let's close this out. Colts at the Ravens. Uh, Monday night game. So, yes, okay, as we've already touched on, you know, we'll start with the Colts. Week four win at Miami, 27-17. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, okay. Road win to avoid going 0-4, which was crucial to, to sort of try and keep them alive in the division. As I say, they were helped by a, a Pretty piss poor showing from Miami. Um, however, up against the Ravens, with the exception, arguably, of, well, linebacker sort of Darius Leonard, who I, I really rate. Um, and he's had his best fantasy week so far um, with uh, just over 20 points again against a, a rather suspect Dolphins offense. Um, the other two usual suspects, uh, DeForest Butner in the DL and, and sort of Kenny Moore. Um, Outside, those three are fairly safe bets. You know, if if you need someone in that position, um, again, I'd, I'd still say you know going away against Ravens. I think outside of Leonard, I'd probably be sort of swapping out. Um, but and, and sort of not not really. Um, I don't really fancy any waiver gambles with any other Colts players. I've had a look around. No one really, no no one jumps out for me. Um, and they're on the road to a good three and one Ravens team, as I say. Um, you know, I'm not being I'm not being bitter because they beat us last weekend. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit, but um, I just think you know they're going up against the Ravens, who are simply put a much better team at this moment in time than than the Dolphins team they won against on Sunday. Um, moving over to the Ravens, um, well, again it's another one I think I tipped wrong. Um, I didn't expect a Week Four twenty three seven win at uh, at Denver, which included you know a second half shutout. Uh, by this defense, um, as I've already took, you know, three sacks on Drew Locke after he replaced the concussed Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, he'd already thrown a pick as well um, by that point, Teddy. Uh, top performers, uh, and again, out on the waiver wire, as we touched on, you know, there are some some good value players still out there. Uh, linebacker, uh, Tyus Bowser, 
uh, racked up 24 points, including two sacks, two tackles for loss. Um, and against this Colts offense that seems to be at the moment leaning very heavily on Jonathan Taylor, um, still playing with a, I still think, a, a somewhat banged up Carson Wentz because they, they ain't got anything else really, or they don't seem to want to look at other options. Uh, I'd be looking at the DL, um, you know, another couple of players in that D-line that had decent games against Denver. Um, Justin Houston, 13 points. Um, uh, yeah, he's probably possibly worth a look. Um, I'd also look at have a look at some old Chuck Clark as well. Um, going back to p- value players in the DB, I, 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 I'm going to highlight Chuck Clark. He's brilliant. Um, not quite boogie bashing, but um, but I expect the Colts to be chasing the game sooner rather than later, as we you know it ties in nicely with what we touched on just then. Um, so Wentz is going to be forced to to air this ball out um, quite early, I think. Um, I could see the Ravens getting out to a, to a fairly early lead. Um, and the Ravens are still without, you know, looking at our secondary, they're still without uh, Jason Elliott. So, you know, that would that would bring Clark even even more into play. Um, in my opinion, he's had a decent first few weeks of the season. Um, so, I think this is definitely one of the easier games. You know, we've gone from a really tough game to call. Yeah, Ravens at home. I, I think the Colts. Yeah, again, like the Lions, they're a pretty mediocre side at the moment. Um, I don't see them having enough weapons to do the Ravens too much damage. Yeah. Um, so that's your Monday night yeah man I'm with you as well I think the Ravens have got that one in the bag to be honest I I, I totally agree Um, right so quickly just going through I just got five I just got some picks Uh, I've got Quincy Williams linebacker New York Jets I've got Bryce Hall DB New York Jets Harold Landry DL Titans Josh Allen DL Jags Pete Werner the linebacker from the Saints to monitor or stash and uh, just a little outside bet. I just got a feeling that two of the two of the Dallas secondary players will be in the top ten of this week's scorers. So, right, we will be back next Thursday to get you ready IDP wise for week six. Um, I'm off to apologise to some Cardinals fans. See if I can find my wallet. Um, check my lawnmower 4.0 is still charged. Um, thanks for tuning in guys and remember keep rushing see you next week HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.